0: I'm Kate Daniels. Dr. Arlene Diamond is an internationally recognized leadership, management, professional development, and organizational development consultant who works with clients across the country as well as internationally. Because of what so many of us are experiencing related to sexual and emotional harassment, I feel that it would be good to have some informed commentary on what we can do now and going forward related to how we act and behave in our world now. So I hope that we'll find some pieces of information to inform and support us as we now meet Dr. Arlene Diamond. Dr. Arlene Diamond, good morning. Thank you so greatly for being with us today.
1: Thank you so much for having me.
0: I appreciate the work that you're doing, and when we consider the whole climate that we are so unfortunately engaged in at this time uh, in our history in our lives, it's really good to come at this proactively. Where you really work a lot with companies, and right now with uh, all the harassment, particularly the sexual harassment that we hear about, and we know that there's evidence of you're coming to us armed with suggestions on how we can. Do do better in our own personal workspaces, both as managers and also, I think, just uh, personally taking responsibility.
1: Yes, I think that's an important piece, too.
0: So what was forwarded to me is an approach here that we can have five office behaviors that uh, we'll use those to begin with as our conversation, some really critical things that we can look at and know that we can really embrace and make work for us.
1: Okay, sure. Do you have any of them particularly you want to start with you want me to just start?
0: Well, do you have a sense of uh, maybe the foundational piece of what we need to look at?
1: You know, I'm reminded every time I have these conversations of uh, a card that the Ritz-Carlton hotel chain gives all its employees. And that card starts out saying, we are ladies and gentlemen serving ladies and gentlemen. And I just love the, the mindset that that creates. And I think that's where we have to get back to. Uh, We have to get back to the fact that we're professional, we respect each other, and that the workplace is not the bowling alley or any number of other places we may hang out. And sad to say, what that means at this point in time is we have to back off a lot and become far more formal. So the five things that I'm advocating... Uh, When you put them all together, it sounds like I'm advocating a very sterile work environment. But for now, I think we need to do it until we find some balance. So the first thing I'm saying is no touching except for a handshake. And there are so many examples of men uh, coming over to a woman and and kind of rubbing her shoulders or her neck. And while that might seem like a term of affection, it also can be very embarrassing and, and uncomfortable. No touching. And even handshake, Kate, uh, depending on the culture. In some cultures, people of the opposite sex don't touch, period. So we need to be cognizant of that. Um, no foul language, no dirty jokes, because they can be overheard. And maybe the person with whom you're sharing the story or the joke appreciates it. Um, it's somebody who's more. Um, Say, religious or rigid or uptight or whatever word you want to put to it, over here, so that can be the creation of a hostile work environment and can get your employer into a great deal of trouble. So, you know, save that stuff for your social life. And even there, when I, when I do the training, one of the things I say is, you know, would you do it if your grandmother was watching? You know, be polite. Come back to that, that sense of us respecting each other. No teasing. And that's a hard one. Cause men show affection by teasing and they tease kittens, they tease puppies, they tease babies, they tease us and we don't respond well to teasing.
0: And teasing also can be really um, hurtful I find that uh, when I've experienced it there feels like this undercurrent and uh, it's not funny it, it really does feel painful.
1: It does and men do it all the time and they think they're being friendly, cute, all kinds of things. But I agree with you. Sometimes it feels like somebody's stabbing a knife in you and twisting it as they're smiling. Um, yeah, I mean, teasing is a double-edged sword. It could be, you know, a compliment, it could also be a way of um, humiliating. Mm-hmm. So, you know, keep it, keep it clean. Um, the next one is hard for me to even say out loud because I love flirting. No flirting. Flirting is very much a sexual kind of a thing, and as much as "Vive la différence," you know, and we love that difference, it doesn't belong in the workplace, and that leads me to dating, which is part of the flirting. It's four plus, my four plus, and that is um, different companies now are doing different rules regarding dating, and the sad part, and Kate, you know, I don't know, do you have any children? But if you were If you were the mother of a girl, wouldn't you think dating at the workplace was the safest thing for her to do?
0: Yes. Yeah,
1: well, can't be done now. You have to, hands off. And the reason for that is because people don't know when no means no. And we can get into that whole conversation of, um, you know, all the movies that we saw, all the songs that we hear, uh, all the advice that men are given. You know, no doesn't mean no, women have to play coy, you know, you want to go past those barriers. Um, And we just can't be doing it right now in the workplace.
0: And then there is the comment uh, you make about complimenting people. Oh,
1: yes. You know, I have been told by so many women that they would get up and be the first time that they were making a presentation in the boardroom or in front of a group of men or uh, wherever. And some guy, just as they were about to start their presentation, would give them a kind of fly, that's my more polite word for the day, compliment, and just kind of make them suddenly self-conscious. And it was a ploy, of course, to throw them, you know, off their game. So um, men don't compliment each other on their appearance. Have you ever heard a guy say to the other one, gee, I like your shirt today? Uh, You know? Right. Compliment the work, not the person, not their clothing, not their body parts.
0: Exactly. And we can see how these might even play into each other. It kind of brings me back to when we were talking or you were mentioning to us, uh, Dr. Diamond, about the language that we use at work. And I guess that kind of slides into the teasing and flirting as well, because there's nuances, certain language. It might not be bad language at all, but there's suggestion to it. So we have to be ever so cautious about that, don't we?
1: You know, there's a TV commercial right now, and it happens to be for some some automobile. The commercial is so good about my point, and I have no idea what auto it was. But it's the gingerbread man. And the gingerbread man is trying to buy an auto that will help him escape the people who want to eat him. And the salesman is using words like delicious, tempting, and scaring the gingerbread man. And that's how many women feel when men are, for lack of a better way of saying, coming on to them in the workplace. You know, this is not the place where I want to be eaten alive. This is a place where I want to get my work done.
0: Exactly. And so there's no dating in the workplace. If you feel that there is an attraction, that's just something that's going to have to be pushed aside. Uh, I mean, if it's something that... I guess we're not going to have a chance to really explore that unless we want to leave that workplace.
1: Well, I don't know that that's going to be 100% true. Certainly in some workplaces it will. Um, I think that uh, some workplaces are creating a contract that if two people – it isn't going to sound silly, but if two people want to date, they go into HR and they sign an agreement to date, which is a little strange. But dating in your direct line is difficult because – somebody's uh, somebody's boss and therefore they have power over them and so one has to ask the question is the fact that he he i'm just being a stereotypical here but it could be the opposite way too you know the fact that he has power over her is that you know is that why she agreed to go out with him is it really intimidation Um, so direct line i think is going to be verbatim you know just absolutely not allowed whereas people in different departments or you know not directly responsible for each other might be allowed but uh, handled carefully you know it's it's really interesting i um i dated um a sales manager this is back when i was living in new york when i was a kid when i was you know literally in my my late teens early 20s and um he and i dated for a couple of years and it didn't get in the way of work because we both were pretty mature about it. But it could, you know, it really could.
0: Absolutely. And that's the thing. Perhaps times are different. You have a great history with your company with Diamond Associates. You have thirty what is it? Thirty five plus years of successful work in this field.
1: Yeah. I um my doctor's in psychology and so uh, and I'm here in Silicon Valley and so so much of what I do really is helping people understand and work effectively with each other so it's you know it's much broader than than what we're talking about but certainly this this area the the teasing and the sexual harassment and the complaints are a significant part of what I wind up getting involved with as a matter of fact I just said to brag for a second if you don't mind I just completed a book on how to investigate complaints because one of my pet peeves is that people's biases get in the way of doing a neutral evaluation when there's an accusation because, Kate, the other side of what's happening right now is um, what's turning into a witch hunt. You know, some guy looked at a girl crooked once, and you know, now he's 30 years ago, and you know, now he's going to lose his job. So I think that we need to be neutral. I think due process is important. I think that we can't just willy-nilly lump uh, silly behavior in the same category that we lump demands for sexual favors.
0: And I appreciate your making that clarification, Dr. Diamond, because we can see where it could be the witch hunt. Mm -hmm. Granted, we know there have been some serious, substantiated situations that have gone on, and we want those changed. We want the situation corrected. But, yes, a, a witch hunt doesn't feel like the right way to go at all.
1: No, it's a matter of fact, what a witch hunt does is it minimizes the uh, the severity of the severe cases. And it, and it becomes, oh, that was nothing. You know, we lose track. If you go back to the 80s, uh, we had a witch hunt on child abuse. That we start out with uh, children never believed, you know, to um, a statement that was prevalent in the 80s, that children don't lie, but if they do, they don't lie about this. And the therapists were, were actually indoctrinating children into believing that they had been uh, physically or sexually abused. Uh, and it became a witch hunt, and then not, you know, eventually it died down again. And I was, uh, back in those days, I was involved with those things. And I greatly fear that this is becoming, you know, a bandwagon, that every guy who has been somewhat crude, let's put it that way, in his approach, you know, is now possibly on the path of losing his job.
0: And so that's what we need to just be as open about as as everything, is to just really look at things honestly, uh, and and do everything that we can individually. You know, as you said, it's probably going to become just much more the pendulum swinging to that other side and becoming very formal, but better to err on that side than to be perpetuating any kind of really negative and unhealthy workplace.
1: Oh, sure. Especially because in, in most parts of the country, you're dealing with people from all over the world, so different cultures, different religions, different expectations about social behaviors, um, and so you know, diplomats go to diplomats school, and, and we should we should act as ladies and gentlemen, uh, and and treat each other. You know, if you go back to the '60s and '70s, you know, that was a period where it was kind of an anything and everything goes. And everything loosened up, probably to an extreme for some people that it shouldn't have loosened up, and a lot of what we're accusing right now are behaviors that happened back then, so context matters too. you know what was the what was the climate and and again, I'm talking about the mild things I'm not talking about people abusing people, so we've got that but but I want to flip it for a minute because it sounds like I'm um all in favor of, of you know getting men off the hook, and that's certainly not true. Because the wonderful thing that's happening with this Me Too uh, movement is that girls and boys who ha- would in the past have been frightened to come forward now know it's safe to come forward, that there were enough strong, independent people who have come forward who have opened, kind of opened the door wide and said, you don't have to take this. And, and that's the good part of what's happening.
0: And so we are in that place right now of being given that permission and to really feel when something has been unjustly done toward us, at, for us with us, that we bring that forward, and that's so critical, Uh, along at the same time as wanting to make these changes so that we can go forward in a a much more positive and constructive way.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it's finding the balance, which knowing us takes a while.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And so as you explained it uh, really wonderfully that way, uh, Dr. Diamond, about how things have changed over the last decades, and now we have so many cultures coming together and working together, we see that there is a need to just kind of take the step back and really evaluate that we need to just be much more conscious about who we are and how we behave.
1: Right. And, you know, as you said that, I just thought of two different situations that where it's it's almost the flip. We also need to understand the context of others. For example, older men, and I'm old, so older than me, men, <laughs> older men uh, sometimes use words like honey and sweetie, meaning no offense. We can ask them not to, but let us not hang them. You know. For using those terms, let's just teach them not to. That's one example. The other example that comes to mind is a case I worked in, where, um, for reasons that are too long to go into right now, a man had um, no respect for women whatsoever, and and if a woman was walking by, he'd snap his fingers and he'd say, "Hey, girl, you know, get me coffee or whatever." Uh, he came close to getting fired. Um, we need we need to understand where other people are coming from. And, and teach them, not necessarily punish them.
0: Yes, exactly. And not just let something slide, not make a, a major case out of it, but really, I guess, acknowledge that sort of thing as it happens and address it so it doesn't get the feeling of there's permission to just continue down this road.
1: So I'm a real advocate of counseling and and mediation. Obviously, I do those things, which is why I'm a big advocate for them. But but so many of these cases, if you bring the two people together in the room, and she explain, and again, I'm you know deliberately just keeping it she and he in this way. But it, obviously, it can be she against she and he against he, and just the opposite too. For those people that want to attack me for stereotyping, but. Um, You're bringing bringing them together, having her explain why that's hurtful, and having him apologize and and actually come to an understanding rather than just seeing it as political correctness, because I am not a big advocate for political correctness, but of people actually understanding how these things impact the other person. Now, obviously, again, I'm not talking about somebody who grabs somebody else's uh, breasts or any other body part, or demanded sexual favors, those things are criminal and should be treated as criminal behaviors.
0: Exactly yes and that that's where we have such a spectrum of what's going on but where we want to have that pendulum back at the at the lower level of these sorts of things where we're talking about n- no even touching the shoulder and and part of that what is um, interesting is you know over the last couple of decades or so you know there was always kind of uh, always there was often in trainings like you know to connect with the person you know you 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 touch their arm, yes, yes. we don't want to do that any longer
1: Can't do it. And, and yeah, that comes back, goes back to n uh neural whatever it was n l p right
0: right right yeah.
1: so, no it, it, it's true we have to uh, we have to back off and and treat each other professionally when i was when I was a kid growing up, we called our boss mr so and so I was miss so and so Uh, There was still, there was that formality. And the way that we dressed for work was not the same way that we dressed for Saturday afternoon. Um,
0: We've lost that. So I sound old. (laughs) (laughs) But is there perhaps a case for having some of that return, and maybe not to necessarily Mr. and Ms. or Miss, but... um, just some kind of difference coming forward?
1: I think so. I think, you know, I think that right now the climate is such that I'm advising my clients and anybody at my hearing distance to be real cautious, super cautious, because of my fear of the witch hunt part of this. I think that once it becomes normal uh, for people who have been victimized to have the freedom to say something about it, to say no, and to complain. We haven't even talked about the, the importance of helping people learn that they can say no and walk away. Um, I would love to be able to be in, you know, that gymnastic uh, team where, where the doctor molested so many of these kids. Yes. You know, and, and they, they took it because he put the fear in them of reporting it. Um, so, one, and even once once it normalizes and and people do say no and come forward freely and are believed when they should be believed, then I think we'll come back into some kind of a balance and normal normal teasing, normal affection, normal um, tapping someone on the shoulder behaviors uh, will be more permissible. But but for now, I just think we need to back off and let things come
0: to a new norm and so using this really tragic case with the um, the the doctor and the gymnasts you know they were so young and impressionable and uh, so involved in their sport that uh, they it was obviously easy to intimidate them and they were willing to listen to authority so that I think that's an, an area both for youth and thus, of course, for adults too, how to say no or to know that you do have the right to say no.
1: That's right, and I think that's what the, this movement is, is creating, is that awareness, which is the, the really wonderful part of it. You have the right to say no. You know, so many of these kids testified that they'd gone through a woman, to one of the coaches or, you know, one of the other women in the in the organization and were talked out of complaining, well, you don't want to get him in trouble or you don't want to make waves or this will have repercussions on you too. I mean, the horror of that, the horror of a 12-, 13-, 14-year-old girl going for help to another woman and and basically being told to shut up and take it. We got to stop that.
0: Yes, exactly. And I guess then the message would be if if someone says, "Oh, you don't want to stir things up," just teach our young people that if if someone says that to you, you you go find someone else. You exactly. tell your parent, right?
1: Yes, I do want to stir it up. Thank you very much.
0: Yes, exactly. Yeah. And so for this to not for the tragedy to not be perpetuated it then needs to serve as a really glaring example of what we need to do differently.
1: We need to protect the more vulnerable among us. And we need and it, it, kind of a sense of noblesse, oblige, if you will. Um, I've been in situations where I uh, was introducing uh, sexual harassment training, and um, one organization in particular had a bunch of women lawyers, and they said, oh, we don't need training. We know what we're doing. And in the back of the room were the little admin people saying, oh, yes, we do. Oh, yes, we do. That I mean, the fact that, that you and I are strong enough to be able to handle ourselves um, doesn't mean that, therefore, we should just kind of poo-poo and laugh off um, people who are far more vulnerable, and, and uh, we need to protect them. And so if if making the workplace a little too formal and a little too stiff is the way of protecting them, at least at work, then uh, that's what we need to do at the moment.
0: And considering work is where we do Spend. We live. We live yes, we basically live. That is going to establish a, a pretty good foundation for us to go forward uh, elsewhere in the world, and and use that experience, use that training that we're getting by uh, going through those paces, uh, eight hours every day. Yeah, yeah.
1: No, I think we we need to teach communication skills. We need to teach courtesy skills. Um, I don't like the phrase sensitivity training. Uh, because it implies you're insensitive. But, um, but I, I, I think we need to teach each other just how to, how to interact. We have different genders, different ages, different cultures. Um, you know, all of that makes for a very complicated and confusing um, social interaction in the workplace.
0: And it's not about to change. That's, uh, you know, it's grown to this, it's going to continue this way. And so to, inform ourselves, to be educated. I think with your website, you certainly give us a lot of insights. We can uh, have access to all the materials that you've written. I'm really intrigued with uh, your new book on how to investigate complaints. That's certainly going to really relate to uh, a lot of people who are in supervisory positions in management, in HR. So uh, the website, let's mention that, Dr. Diamond.
1: Okay, the website is Diamond Associates net uh, and there's a lot of there's a lot of material there are copies of my newsletters where I can talk about uh, some of this and um, it, my books can be uh, obviously ordered through Amazon or Barnes and Noble, but also through the website because I've written about conflict and conflict resolution. I also the book I wrote immediately prior to this one was on uh, culture understanding culture in the workplace which ties in with what we're talking about today as as well. And then this one was about investigating complaints. So, I mean, I'm a real advocate for people learning how to get along with each other better so that um, it's a more comfortable environment, a more productive environment, and a more creative environment.
0: Because we know that there's just so much that is so great about all of us and what we're doing is to find how to really get that out there and uh, make it healthy and and make it productive so that we are not having to, uh, to suffer through all this negative action and activity.
1: Yeah, right, yeah. Fear ham- hampers us. Fear doesn't help us in any way.
0: And so, again, let's mention the website.
1: Thank but- you so much. It's DiamondAssociates.net. Yes, and Diamond is just Diamond and Associates is plural.net.
0: Which is great. So this is Dr. Arlene Diamond, the founder of this wonderful organization with so many years of experience and, and work with people across the country and also internationally, correct? Yes, yes. So a wealth of experience, we don't have to recreate the wheel in this case, is just look to the, this great source for a lot of important information. And Dr. Diamond, I so greatly appreciate that you do this work and that you've spent this time with us this morning to really enlighten and inform us.
1: Well, thank you so much for having me and for giving me that opportunity. I greatly appreciate it.